Welcome to the Black Queens on Stage podcast, presented by Black Literature and Art Queens Network, where we bring our queens to the stage. Welcome to the podcast where we honor and acknowledge Black women performers and discuss racism within Michigan performing venues. I'm Ashley M. Lyle, and today I am joined by award-winning poet, spoken word artist, singer, songwriter, actress, playwright, and filmmaker, One Single Rose. Hi, Rose. How are you today? I am amazing. How are you, Ashley? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I feel honored myself to have an award-winning poet joining me today. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had uh, one, other, uh, two other poets on on the podcast. They're not primarily poets. One is a burlesque performer. One is a rapper. The burlesque performer, their name is uh, Fearless Amaretto, mm-hmm. and the rapper's name is Mona Lise. Okay. Yeah, um, but you're you're primarily just a poet. Is that correct? Um, that is one of my um one of the artistic genres that I explore. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your first poet ish. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're here. Let's get started on this interview, shall we? Absolutely. I'm here. I'll just follow your lead. Now, explain what inspired your stage name. Well, my name is Rose Marie. That's my government name. And I'm named after my mom and my grandmother. Their names pushed all into one, Rose and Marie, both of their middle names. And I started writing in 2005 as a woman scorned and I let one of my very good friends read a few of my poems after I was done editing her book and she was like oh I got the perfect name for you you should put this in a book one single row and I was like yeah I like it So that's where she was born. Shout out to Shonda for that. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. That That's so cool because I, I love asking my guests their uh, their inspiration for their names. And, it, and every single one is just such a unique and interesting story. So I love hearing that. I love it. <laughs> Thank now, you. Why, now, why don't you describe to me your style of poetry? Um, my style of poetry is, oh, it's hard to explain I write for everyone from the bedroom to the boardroom, from the alleys to the streets, classrooms, churches. So I would say my style of poetry is versatile because I I write so that I can reach as many people as possible. And there are so many different people all around the world who appreciate different things. So I try to bring something for everyone, if I possibly can. I mean, that right there just sounded like poetry. Like, did you rehearse that? Like, what's going on? No. That was a freestyle off the dome. <laughs> you, well, you obviously have the talent for it. <laughs> now, what are some, what are some kind of things that that you uh, talk about in your poetry? Love, relationships, inspiration, body positivity, social justice issues. 
eroticism, haiku, short but simple pieces, just basically real life things that I've experienced, what I see on the news, what my friends have experienced. We may, I may have a telephone conversation with someone and that may become the next poem. Mm -hmm. And I especially write when I'm pissed because that helps to keep me grounded and out of jail. (laughs) 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 I mean, I think that the, that's where, you know, a lot of, what a lot of artists do, because otherwise there'd be a whole lot more people in jail if it wasn't for art itself. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, that's one of the first things that leaves the schools is the art programs. Children need that outlet. You know, they, they need to be able to have a way to release the pressures of what's going on at home. We've Mm -hmm. been sitting, we've been sitting at home for the past year. You know, they need, they need art. Mm -hmm. That's, that's actually something that, um, cause I'm, I'm an actress myself and Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm deep into the uh, Michigan theater scene, and that's that's something that we that we constantly talk about because it's like all of the theaters are closed, so we literally cannot perform. I was mm-hmm. actually about to do a show at Detroit Repertory Theater in March, oh. and I was literally—I kid you not—I was literally right in the middle of. Uh, the final week of rehearsals, we were doing everything that we needed to on the stage and everything. And then boom, the governor says that everything is shut down. So, (laughs) and you know, you go through, we were, we were rehearsing every single day. So you go through like two months of rehearsal and then all of a sudden to be told that everything needs to be shut down, you know, it it was really messed up really messed up and you guys worked hard i hope you guys will bring it back i think i may have heard about that show last year Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh the show that i was about to perform in was called uh rules for act rules for an active shooter and it's exactly Mm -hmm. what it was it was Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's exactly what the title was and then there was one other show to close out the season last year that was called Life on the Moon. And my friend and my partner, who, who's been helping me in a project called Toward an Anti-Racist Michigan Theater, he was going to be in that show. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, man, it's been hard. But I can only oh. imagine that with, you know, uh, like poets such as yourself, because you guys have outlets, uh, you know, venues and stuff too, and you guys can't even do it, do your performance there. Everything pretty much now is virtual. There are still a few venues here in the city that are going strong. There's a Wednesday venue, a new Monday venue, a constant Thursday venue, and a Friday and Sunday venue that still have um, poetry and an open mic for artists who want to come out and share their gift and release a little tension and they do socially distance and everything is COVID safe. So, Mm -hmm. well, you know, that's good. And the good thing about that I see with poetry, that's 
that's much more accessible than say theater is that you as a poet, you can put all of your work on like your social media or on some some type of virtual or you, you know, you record it in a video and then you put it up on like your website or something, you know? Yes. Yes. And and pre-COVID, I was not doing much of that. Mm -hmm. But now that COVID is around it, it has put a total shift on my poetry game. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm slowly trying to get up. I had to call my my great nephew (laughs) a couple (laughs) days ago. Not my nephew, my great nephew. How you going (laughs) to laugh on Instagram? So yeah, the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's really great to see that see artists such as yourself, such as others that I've seen like in theater and in other different art forms where they're able to manipulate the virtual realm and where we can still put our art on that virtual realm because you know, giving the circumstances that we're in right now, you know. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and that's what's necessary since we are basically chained to our devices 24/7 now in yeah. order to get anything done. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Why don't you explain to me um your writing process? Like where do you draw your inspiration from? Do you have any, like, maybe songs that influence the way you write? Oh, yes. There are so many songs um, and so many artists that I have grown up with that I still appreciate and and love. Stevie Wonder, Nina Simone, just those two artists themselves, the way they embody the word and bring it to life in such a way. It's just... And I also love to write about real things that happen in real life, mm-hmm. things that I have experienced that I can actually put into a poem and tell you about. I I always tell people that my pieces are autobiographies with twists of fiction mm-hmm. because I draw from everything. Life, I might see a leaf on the ground and like, oh, that's such a beautiful leaf laying on the ground in the autumn breeze and blah, blah, blah. Who, who knows what may come? become of it so I'm always inspired by something to to write and it's been that way ever since I could make sound from what my mom told me (laughs) (laughs) now when you're performing um what does your audience look like who do you see more of do you see more of men women black people white people well my audience changes per event I may have more students when I'm in the schools, mm-hmm. when I'm in churches, I have a diverse group. There may, there may be more Caucasians or more African-Americans. It just depends on where I am in the world. I may have all men in an audience at an erotic event or a mixed mixture of both. It just really depends on the event and what poetry is called for at the time. So I try to have something on deck for each stage that I may be able to present on. Wherever my words are welcome, I try to have something for each one of those. So my audience changes at any time. Mm -hmm. Do you ever notice like an energy shift between different events that you perform at? Yes. Yes. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) 
But what I like to do when I am performing, I'll sit in the back of the room and just feel the energy from the crowd and see what they may gravitate to from whomever else may have come before me if I'm on a show with more than one artist so that I know what direction I may need to take with the word to capture the audience. Do you have... um you, I'm sure that you have like a poem that's rehearsed in practice and you haven't memorized before you step out at, any, at an event. Yeah. How do you gauge like what poem do you first let me ask is each poem different for each event? Like do, do you ha- or do you already have like some that are already written and then you just pull it out of your collection memorize it, go through it, change a few things? Or do you write something specific to the event? I write specific to the event and I currently have about 75 or 80 poems memorized. Mm. So no matter what event it is, I should be able to pull something out of the arsenal that would be appropriate. Mm. So, wow, that's interesting. So like when you're getting ready to do a performance, If you're say that you're like what you were saying, you're gauging the audience's energy and they're not responding well to something, you can go in the in the catalog in your mind and say, oh, okay, instead of that one, I'm going to go ahead and do this one. Yes. like I'll have a a set in my head when I when I'm asked to do an event, when I when I when I take down all the information, they tell me what type of event it is. I'm like, okay, poet, one woman, black magic work for this. I can do fat girl for the ladies if it's a ladies event. I can do she, her, me, and I can sing this song and there's the set. Mm. And if if I get into the room and the ladies are there and um, they're kind of turned up, I may <laughs> have to change the set around. So those pieces, I, I can do, still do a few of those, but I might have to throw in a little um, chef tail for the ladies or something else that to send them home with. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. fun. That, that sounds like... <laughs> like really fun um now what what would you say are your goals as an artist like what do you hope to achieve long term or what have you already achieved well my goal when I began writing was to touch or reach at least one person and that happened before I before I had written my first book there was a young lady who was contemplating attempting suicide so I had started blogging with some of my poetry and she read one and said that my words helped to bring her up out of that dark space Mm -hmm. but she actually helped me because she allowed me to reach my goal before I had even completed my poetry collection so that let me know that whatever were to come after this my goal had already been reached and that's what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. nice now let's talk a little bit about um your singer songwriter career and your acting career let's talk about that a little bit why don't you tell me what what song what type of songs you write? I write love songs. I just released an EP with different. Oh yeah, thanks. This for my web series. Oh no, the F they didn't. True stories from the life of a poet, and we are currently in pre production. So I wanted to give like a little teaser for the web series. So I dropped a six song EP. It has. There's songs about Detroit, which we just filmed a hustle for. So if you like to hustle, come on out and get down with us this summer. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little blues, some dance music, so a little something for everyone. So once the series release is released, all of those songs will be tied up into it. So this is like a precursor for that. 
And I'm currently signed with Defected Records in the UK. It's a house music record label. And I pen spoken word and song over their house music beat. Mm. So wait, th- this is a this is a production record producing company in, in the UK, you said? Yes. Wow. Defected, Defected Records. I've been with them since 2017. Mm. What inspired this project? Which one? The web series or with Defected? The the web series. Well, I was bored in a house. I was in a house board and (laughs) I mean that clearly explains it (laughs) so this is like the beginning of the pandemic and I'm like okay artistic muse I never push my pen until I'm blessed with the words that it wants me to deliver Mm -hmm. so I'm like okay I want to write something I want to write something and you know it wasn't giving it to me I'm like okay I want to write something and then in one week the web series just came out of me I pushed out 10 episodes in a week and I'm like okay I guess this was it so (laughs) (laughs) I asked for it (laughs) right well tell tell us a little bit like about the first episode the first episode Okay, yeah, sure. The first episode is an introduction to why I pen poems or why I became a writer. And it's called Red. I had written a, um, I got in really big trouble in the fourth grade after writing a letter to my teacher's aide. But that actually put my mom and my teachers up on something that I might actually be on to something writing. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. But let's just say I got the worst. Is, is this um censored or not? No, it's on, not. On no, I got the not. worst. I got the worst ass whooping I ever believe in my <laughs> life after <laughs> writing that letter. Okay. So <laughs> I wrote a letter about it. Can you well, say what was in the letter? Well, I don't want to give too much away okay. from the episode, but I basically scolded the teacher and told her where she could go. And instead Ooh. of her telling me to do, she need to worry about her children or her son in the class. And don't get it twisted because I'm not the one. Basically, yeah, I read her up and down that so- letter. <laughs> <laughs> So then, the, this was the this was like um, uh, what's his name, Kevin Hart's joke where he said, "My mama said, you mother, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? Is it just like that? So something like that. But this was all my words. It wasn't mama telling her off. Right. It was me, and I had Hilarious. to let her know in big red letters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. (laughs) And and the bad thing about it was she went to our church. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So now you had to see her every Sunday. (laughs) Oh my. And she waited before she told my mama. But that day I saw her talking to my mama. Oh my God. Make you sweat. (laughs) Man, I slang down so far in that pew, like you can't see me. Oh my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) This is One Single Rose, and you are listening to the Black Queens on Stage podcast. Now, let me ask you this. So, as a Black woman, what kind of obstacles and challenges that you faced because you're Black and a woman? And how did you overcome them? Always having to prove myself. Mm-hmm. 
and in order to be in certain rooms, I have to to prove I just can't be. Um, well, I'm always going to be myself, but mm-hmm. people expect you to be someone else just so you can fit in. I don't fit into anyone's mode because my mode is different from anyone else's. But why should I, as a black woman, constantly have to prove myself to whom and why? Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like you had to work twice or three times as hard in your Every- in your in your careers? Every day, mm-hmm. all the time, all the time. The opportunities that are afforded to others aren't afforded to, well, I can only speak personally for myself. They they haven't been afforded to me. Mm-hmm. Explain to me a time when um, when you felt like you had to prove yourself. Well, if, if you're in a situation and you train someone to do something and that trainee moves along faster than you did mm. yeah that doesn't really add up too well for mm-hmm. me. so have you 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 were explaining that your audiences are, are pretty diverse explain the time to me when when you had the chance to work with a diverse group of people oh all the time mm-hmm. all the time i've um mentor with students in Africa. I've performed for theater groups in Amsterdam and Belgium and St. Lucia and Mexico and in the hood and in D.C. So especially over in Holland, I was a very diverse group of people. And I was the I was the only me there. But we got down. (laughs) (laughs) We had a great time. So I love being around people and performing for people, anyone who wants to hear and feel a positive word. And if my words are welcomed, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Now, would you mind if I ask you if we if uh, you can, you know, recite one of your poems for for our list for my listeners? Absolutely. Which what would you like? What type of piece? You know what? Your choice. You know what? I'm gonna actually leave it up to you. What you you've got this catalog of 70, 80 pieces up in your mind. Give me something about love. Love. Okay. I'm down to ride with you on back of a bicycle or a shopping cart. Sleep with you under viaducts and cardboard when it rains. Burn beans in cans on the grill. Hold signs at intersections for our next meal. I'll camp with you in the desert counting stars. Orion's belt, the Big Dipper, and Mars. I'll be your bath water and bathe you. Try to heal whatever ails you. Whip your opponent's asses till they're black and I'm blue. I'm here for you for better or for worse than sickness or in good health. You plus me equals we. So help me, I see God in you. And I believe in us. I'll stand by your side for encouragement. When clouds of doubt shower your thoughts, I'll ease your mind, pushing you forward as a king. Know that you can lean on me if you fall. Together, my baby, we could have it all. My world would be empty without you. But I'm here for you, the length of our forever. 100% down for you and whatever. One single rose, no stem. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Love it. Thank Love you, Ashley. it. <laughs> I love that. Love Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, since you're you're an award-winning poet, Mm -hmm. tell me what kind of awards you've won because of your poetry. Um... Locally here in Detroit, I have won first place and honorable mention in the Detroit Writers Guild Paul Lawrence Dunbar Poetry Contest. And I was the first winner of the Motown Mike, the spoken word slam at the Motown Museum in 2014. Nationally, I have won three National Poetry Award and one spoken word, nas- spoken word award. That was in 2019. Our Detroit up-and-coming performer, Metro Times, best poet for two years. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. It's all love. It's all love. Now, have, Thank you, heard, you. have you heard of the uh, the Kresge Awards? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Have you applied? Because I think I think you would be a shoo-in. Oh, I apply for the Kresge quite often. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I, 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 I just applied myself and... that's just a whole process you know yeah yeah i hope you get it best to you thank you you too i hope you get something as well thank you yeah yeah let's go (laughs) (laughs) now what kind of moral support do you get for your artistic career i have such a great network of um, my family first of all, and people I have met along the way since I started writing poetry that were colleagues who became friends who have become family. And I get so much love from everywhere. And it's like, if I ever ask anyone to do anything, they never tell me no. Mm -hmm. From the actors, the performers, um, if I may need a space, um, anything. I try not to ask anyone for anything, but if I ever happen to, they got me. Mm-hmm. Now, what 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 kind of mistakes in, that you've made in your career and how are you a better artist because of it? Hmm. I would tell myself what I couldn't do and I didn't do it because I had to get over myself Mm -hmm. from the fear or being afraid. It took me a year and a half before, after I wrote my first book to actually get on stage and share a poem with anyone. And when I did it the first time, I had my God babies on stage dancing with me so the focus would be taken off me. I was like, okay, (laughs) maybe if they dance up here with me, then they'll look at them and not pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. But it's like, as soon as I did that, as soon as I got over that fear and got over myself and stopped telling myself what I couldn't do. It's like the world open and I've just been going ever since. Mm-hmm. Good for you. How do you keep your mental health in check and keep yourself performance ready? I constantly write, even if it's just jotting down a thought here or there. Um, I keep my phone next to me so that if I do have that thought, it's right there. And then I reflect upon it to see where I may have been a year ago. And then I look at where I am now like, oh, okay, I remember that happened. But we got over that. So let's keep writing about it. Mm -hmm. So not only is poetry and performing a get out of jail free card, it it helps to keep me grounded. I mean, we we all get sad, we all go through things, but poetry and writing helps to get me out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I put a lot on the page, and sometimes it comes out on the stage. 
Now, what kind of advice do you have for aspiring poets and multidisciplinary artists such as yourself? Don't ever tell yourself what you can't do because you'd actually be surprised what you can do and how much money you can save by doing so much or whatever it is that you can do for yourself, for yourself. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to play yourself. Okay. Now, my final question for you is, and I ask all of my guests this question, uh, and it's called The Queen's Request. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I would like for you to suggest to me one or two Michigan Black women artists that we should be keeping an eye out for in any genre. So that means in poetry, singing, acting, burlesque, pole dancing, uh, anything that is performing art. Okay. I would give a, what did you call it? What kind of shout out is it? This is called the Queen's Request. Queen's Request. The Queen Requests. Candace the Coldest, the dancer. And I have her contact information. Yeah, drop, drop her um her social media if you've got it. Okay, her um Sip and Stilettos LLC on Instagram. And also Okay, I'm gonna shoot you over to Miss Ari Lane. She is a poet, she is an educator, and she is also an actress. She is on Instagram as A-R-R-I-E-L-A-N-E. Okay. Yes. All right, perfect. Now, is there anything that you want to promote for yourself, like your social media or your website? Um, You guys can find me on all social media platforms as O-N-E, Single Rose. That's One Single Rose. My website is onesinglerose.com. And I hope you guys will join us this summer when we do the 313 Hustle. It's super simple. Candice Dakotas, who I just told you guys about, created it. And I asked her to make sure that it was something that old birds like me can do. And I can do it. So if I can do it, then I hope the whole city of Detroit comes out and we film this hustle for Oh No to F They Didn't, True Stories from the Life of a Poet. All right. Well, this was, this was a lot of fun. I'm so glad that we got the chance to talk. Yes. Thank you so much, Ashley, for having me. You are quite the engaging host. I was a little nervous at first. Oh, <laughs> you know, everybody's usually a little nervous, but I'm so glad that you that you came on here today and you, you gave us uh, a bit of your work. I feel truly honored that you gave us some of that. Um, but yeah. Thank you again for joining me today. Thank you. And please be safe. And I hope all is well. You too. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find Black Queens On Stage podcast and Black Literature and Art Queens Network at blackqueensonstage.com and blaqn.org. Follow me on Instagram at blaqnshowmichigan, on Facebook at blaqshowmichigan, and on Twitter at B-L-A-Q-N-M-I. You can find all this info in the show notes. Please rate the show and leave a review on Apple Podcast or on Podbean to let me know what you think of the show. Thanks again. Until next time.